Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Science proves your best sleep is vital to your mental, emotional, and physical health. And that's where the sleep number bed comes in. And let me tell you, ever since I've had it, my sleep IQ score is just going higher and higher. And did you know 8 out of 10 couples say that one of them sleeps too hot or too cold? Science tells us regulating your sleep temperature leads to higher quality sleep. For many couples, temperature struggles are a real challenge. So here are some tips to help you both sleep just right. Look for beds designed with temperature benefits such as the new Sleep Number Climate 360 Smart Bed that actively warms and cools each side so you both sleep blissfully comfortable. And now save 40% on the Sleep Number 360 Special Edition Smart Bed. Plus, special financing for a limited time. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com slash podcast one. Sleep Number the official sleep and wellness partner of the National Football League. Subject to credit approval, minimum monthly payments required. See sleepnumber.com for details. Yes. 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 Trying to get the enthusiasm meter up for today's QFTA. It is uh, September 6th, 2022. We are in the homeloanexpert.com studios. My name is Timothy Michael McKernan. Sitting across from me is Action Jack. Uh, Yo, I always like my introduction to be followed quickly by a belch. Yeah, it was it was it was spontaneous to be candid with you, but uh, alas, there it is. Uh, it's an award winning podcast, and uh, it's a podcast where the people participate. It's called Questions from the Audience, and we go into it usually with plan to read four or five of them, and then one of the people in the HomeLoanExpert dot com studios goes on a tangent that makes the audience wonder what the fuck's wrong with them. Mm-hmm. That's what happens on this podcast. But we also have the Pick 6 podcast, Jackson. And everybody, minus Gangster Pete, went on a heater to open things up. Yeah, which is surprising in a week where you really have no prior But what were you and I doing? We were going against the schools who lost hard in the transfer portal and went with the schools who went and did well in the transfer portal, and it led me to a six and zero weekend. Prod Joe was five and one. Were you five and one or four and two? Four and two. Somebody. Oh, Iggy was five and Iggy one. Iggy was five and one. Yeah. G Unit four and two, and Gangster Pete one and four. I guess he had a push in there somewhere. Yeah, I feel bad for Gangster Pete. He'll come back. He he knows ball. I'll certainly plummet. I'm the defending champion. It doesn't look like I'm planning on giving up this strap anytime soon. Yeah. Well, we'll see. There's mm-hmm. a with the new rule system. You know, like the. Uh, Fine example of where the new rules can help you is the Tigers' money line for this weekend. You know, if you're confident in the Tigers, you te- you don't you say f the points, you 
bet the whole money line and get plus money on it. Uh, yeah, see, I wouldn't call myself confident. I'm just really looking forward to this game. Me too. Told my wife, I said, hey, 11 o'clock on Saturday, I'm legitimately looking forward to watching Missouri. And the family is welcome to join. One of the people doesn't talk. Seven months old. And really, for the most part, doesn't cry all that much. That's really nice. Oh, yeah, he is, uh, he is chill. Five-year-old, uh, he's, you know, he's, he's going to bring a lot of energy to the table, as you've, uh, as you've borne witness. I have. And uh, Anna Marie knows the, pro- the program. Listen, I'm locked in, and I am not available for conversation. <laughs> I'm just not. Yeah. Simple as that. Yeah, so uh, I'm looking forward to watching uh, the game. Pick 6 will come to you on Wednesday, September 7th, as we have a sound story on Thursday. So we'll do uh, Pick 6 tomorrow for those of you who uh, plan your schedules around the Tim McKernan Show podcast. And I think that's about a million point five people around the country, about 700,000 of whom are in St. Louis, at least according according to the data that I'm seeing in front of me. Our sponsor is thehomeloanexpert.com, Ryan Kelly. Also, James Carlton of the Carlton State Farm Insurance Agency, who was in these very studios this morning. Great to see James. He really is wonderful people. And he is my insurance agent, 314-961-4800. Go online at carltoninsurance.net. I made the switch, and I'd like you to make the switch as well. You'll be super happy once you do. I could tell. I said that to Doug, I think, during commercial. I go, man, I am so happy that I switched to James Carlton. It makes a difference. It is a big difference. It is the move. They do all the paperwork for you when you make the switch. 314-961-4800. Go online at carltoninsurance.net. And Jackson, you're a Mark Hanna guy, aren't you? Yes. Uh, I love working with Mark Hanna. Seriously. I'm a Mark Hanna guy, too. He's great. You know, he's such an incredible human. He's so knowledgeable. He's got all the right strategies for you. Just little tips that you would never think about, but he knows because he's the best in the business. And on top of all that, he's just a wonderful human being. You get on the phone with Mark Hanna with you know your issue or what you want to do in the next five, 10 years. Maybe you've talked to Mark before, but you want to maybe adjust the plan. Mark can help you out with all of that. He'll say, don't worry about it. Let me, let me talk you through this. Let me educate you. And then once you get off the phone, not only are you going to feel better about your financial situation, but you're going to feel better about humanity in general because that's the kind of vibe Mark gives off. He's a, he's a real working class but also extremely knowledgeable person. You know, it's, it's the best of both worlds. So get in touch with Mark Hanna. If you don't have anybody, just throwing money into a savings account. Bad plan. A good plan is get in touch with Mark Hanna. If you already have somebody, consider making the switch over to Mark because he's the best in the business. There it is, 314-889-0503. Go online at evergreenstl.com. Mungan S. St. Louis Acura and Alton Toyota, sponsor of the podcast as well. The great Jamie Burkhardt and Clayton Patterson and Peter Munganast at Munganass St. Louis Acura and Alton Toyota. They have my vehicle right now. Someone in my family backed into someone else's car, and that means two cars were damaged with one family member doing it. Mm. Two cars, one family. Wasn't, wasn't that a video that made its way viral around uh, five yes, years ago? Yes, two, two girls. Cars. Oh, it was? Uh, yeah, well. I don't know what video you were watching. Right. I unfortunately can't wash my eyes long enough. So uh, that's where my car is right now, and they're taking care of it. Uh, and it's mugging ass. It's the best. St. Louis Acura, Alton Toyota. Online at stlouisacura.com, altontoyota.com, and Seth Gold Camp Design Air Heating and Cooling. Final sponsor, uh, as of this moment, of the Tim McCurden Show podcast, uh, Design Air Heating and Cooling. Jackson, I mean, are we done with summer here? I'm looking at the forecast, and I know some people listen to these months down the line. But as of September 6, 2022, I'm looking, and I see some highs 
okay? And this has changed precipitously since I looked at it during TMA. A week from, or no, six days, because today's Tuesday, the high in St. Louis is 72. On which day? Sunday? Monday. Monday the 12th? That's right. Yeah, consistent summer is pro- consistent hot weather is probably done. There's always that couple days in September, even like early October, where it spikes. But you know, I don't think we're looking at a week in the mid 90s anymore. I don't do well with this, and I would, I need you to know that. I know. Now I know Seth Goldcamp does well with it because he fixes people's air conditioning. Yeah. Designairservice.com, design air heating and cooling. Uh, the best in the business. I'm a client. Doug Vaughn's a client. You should be a client, too. If you're running into any heating and cooling issues, it's designairservice.com. That's where you go. And you click on Book Now, and a service technician's out there quick, fast, in a hurry. Yeah, I don't do well with it. I don't know I don't know what to do about it. I just know I don't do well with it. How do you handle it? Are you fine with it? You're, you're, you're a happy, positive person. I'm angry, and I'm mean as a hornet. So... Yeah, you, I mean, you take the good with the bad. I obviously love to golf, and that's something that is not easily easily done as we get closer and closer to the winter months. Um, but I also, you know, I love college football. I love, as they call it, the kids call it, Tim, cozy season. Cozy season? Yeah, you know, you put on the flannel, maybe a sweatshirt, have a bonfire, sip on some warmer beverage. Oh, Cavassier? Preferably warmed Cavassier. <laughs> ginger ale or something and then uh yeah and just kind of sit by the fire and then before you know it thanksgiving's around which is the king of all holidays it is the king of all holidays i agree with that big time but then we have five months from thanksgiving yeah post december 25th and i'm not gonna let people tell me it gets all right in march it doesn't it doesn't march is the hand job month yeah if thanksgiving is the king of the holidays which i agree with actually 100 percent uh, March is the hand job because you're thinking you're going to engage in coitus with the month, and then instead the month uses its hand on you. Yeah, and you may get a day or two in the 60s or 70s, and you're going to get rain, and you're going to get snow, and you're going to go, what the fuck? I thought it was March. It is, and it does it every year, and it jerks you off lightly every year. And then April rolls around and it rains, and it's still fucking cold. The ground's soggy and muddy. And you go, well, baseball season's here, so it's going to be warm. And then they're playing, and it's freezing, and it's rainy. Fuck! If you're happy, don't listen. <laughs> I thought right, we made that per, like, evident last time. If you're not happy, stop listening. But, uh, yeah, I'd say that post-December 25th, it doesn't, it, winter is rough. It is uh, not much to look forward to. New Year's, I guess, but I'll, I'll sell New Year's. For doing oh, you're selling, yeah, what, what, what holidays are you buying? What holidays are you selling? Buying almost all of it in both Thanksgiving and Arbor Day. Huh. And uh, we're selling New Year's, and we're also selling, uh, I don't know, about just New Year's for right now. But, you know, more holidays can join into the fold, as I see. Uh, yeah, I, I, I mean... I'm I'm buying up all my Thanksgiving stock. Right. It's a wonderful secular holiday. It requires no gift giving. Exactly. No gift receiving. I'm actually I'm I'm more on board with gift giving than I am gift receiving. I I could not love my mother more. Mm-hmm. I could not love my mother more. I actually don't know if there's a finer person in the world than my mother. For real. 
Now, I know most people would probably say that about their mothers. So, But she is incredible. But I can't get her. I said, thank you for asking me for what I want for Christmas a lot. But <laughs> just take what you're going to give me and spend it on your grandchildren. Right. I just that that that's the gift I would like. The gift I would like this year is you not giving me a gift and giving that to the grandchildren. That would make me happy. That really would make because that way I don't have to like come up with something that I don't really right, want. Right. And then she doesn't have to worry about it. So it's a gift to her and then the grandkids get more if there is some kind of holiday spending budget. I feel like uh, experience gifts are the new are newly in vogue. Oh, I'm I'm a, I'm a, I'm a, I like I've that. been a big fan of that for a long time. Yeah, I think that's the better gift than something material as an experience like a trip or. Uh, yeah, I mean that that's a, that's an adult type of gift. Yeah, hundred percent. Hundred percent. This, my son has so many damn Lego sets. Right. I don't even know. I keep track of them all, <laughs> and I'm sure we'll be just you know Lego set after Lego set. I love that. I love that part. I love the giving part. Yeah. receiving part is the part that I'm just like, ah, just save your money or, you know. Right. So, yeah, experiences, sure. Like, if I were to open up some huge box and there was something that, to be honest, I paid for in that box but didn't necessarily purchase from my wife, I'd be like, eh, you know, I don't even know what it could be. Because, like, if she just got me a bunch of golf balls, I'd go, well, are they left dash titleists? Because if not, they're going right they're back going to where right they came back. from. I mean, it's very specific. It's true. Even if you get me pants, my legs are so fucking short. I now have to go to the tailor yeah. to get them to get them fit for like a preteen. Seven inch hem. That's correct. <laughs> yeah, I wear a I wear a thirty eighteen. <laughs> That's what I'm wearing. Oh my so God. now I got that. But if the box just had a card and a tiny little card that said your gift certificate for one of the less popular M. FFs, I'm the happiest kid on Christmas. Right, maybe that's That's an experience. That's what I want for Christmas. Maybe that's And I don't want to ask my mom for that to give me that via my wife. That wouldn't seem right. That seems like something for me and Anna Marie to share without one of the parents getting involved. It's a tough conversation to broach. But I think that might be why you're down the whole gift receiving situation in general is because you've never gotten what you truly want. Well, I've gotten it. I just haven't right. gotten it in a while. Right. And it, it, it needs to, I need a spark for life. You call it cozy season. Uh-huh. I call it MFF season. Oh, boy. And that's, that's what this is. Open hunting. Yeah, yeah it's not, though. That's what I'm going <laughs> to tell myself it is. The reality right. is I'm going to get back on Bovada and play poker and waste a bunch of time and get busted with pocket kings by some asshole playing ace jack that's exactly what's going to happen in december and january and february and march and i'll be sitting there going oh yeah i remember what it's like in jupiter it's warm it's sunny people are thin and happy and i'm here playing on fucking bovada for nine hours to min cash you're damn right that's you're exactly gonna... what it is that, let me tell you that's exactly what's going to happen yeah yeah it's, uh, it's true. <sighs> fuck me the hell i don't know what to do so anyway, we're buying up Thanksgiving. Big time. Big time. Dressing, too. You call it dressing or stuffing? Stuffing. All right. I like that it. sounds either. like you're unhappy about that. Well, either way. I really like stuffing. Yeah, me too. It's You have it once a year. Like, there's never a situation where you ever have it again in a year, but when you have it once a year, it tastes incredible. It's, uh, it's, it's, and I've, I've made it. Yeah, I've made stovetop hose. <laughs> I've made it. And when you're making it and you're like, oh, Put in a whole thing of butter, yeah, water, yeah. and all of this bread in them seasonings. Yeah, and that, there's your stuffing. I go, wow, probably not the yeah, right. 
the healthiest dish, but I guess it's good for cozy season, it or is as it's now being called MFF season. That's right, yeah. Boy, yeah. Sometimes you don't want to make the sausage, you just want to eat the sausage, yeah. and stuffing is certainly a situation where you do not want to see what goes into it's it. It's butter, it's water, and it's salt, and it's this little bag of breadcrumbs. Yeah. <laughs> that's oh, yeah. stuffing. Yeah. At least that's my stovetop. Yeah, I eat stovetop O's. Yeah, I'm domesticated, bitch. Thank you. That's the title of today's podcast. Speaking <laughs> of uh, MFFs, uh, one of the people who sent in a message regarding last week's title of If You're Happy, Don't Listen to This Podcast <laughs> right, was Scott's Wrinkle Ballsack, whose wife is now pursuing, I don't know what she's pursuing, I don't know if she's pursuing me or if she's back to pursuing my betrothed. Hmm. We ought to just let them hash that out. Yeah, that seems like a... Maybe we have them on the pod. <laughs> I don't think that's going to happen. Nah. I think Scott's Wrinkle Ballsack's wife would appear. Right. Yeah, I don't even... It would be... It would be not, that, that would reignite my zest for life despite what we're <laughs> looking at. Even though it's only September 6th, I see the clouds. I see the temperatures. And I see my sadness of my seasonal depression on the horizon. Yeah. If I knew, listen, it's going to be cold and rainy and icy, and you're going to be inside for the next six months. But while inside, once a week, you'll get the less popular MFF. Yeah, you could live with that. Oh, my God. Yeah. Yeah. That's it. Yeah, that, that is. That's the mountaintop, I guess. Doesn't sound like you think it's the mountaintop. What's the mountaintop for you? Uh, yeah. What is the mountaintop for you? Because that really is for me. Tigers when cutting down the nets in April. I would do it. I would get me right where I want to be. That's the mountaintop. Why have you decided to stop using your your lips? I'm I'm hiding behind the Plowhawks monitor, so I can't see you. But I can tell you weren't moving your lips. You said that's the mountaintop for me. Well, it's because I'm so randy just thinking about it. I mean, I guess if I could think about Missouri winning the college football, the thing is with it, I feel like Missouri cutting down the nets is more likely than Missouri winning the national championship in football, even though Missouri has theoretically been in the final four-ish of college football twice right. in the last 15 years. Right. Well, the competition, uh, basketball is such a different sport than football. Like 40 minutes, you could anyone could beat anyone, see St. Peter's, whereas, you know, Alabama takes on Missouri. Maybe one time out of 100, Missouri keeps it close. Keeps it close is different. Wins, I would say, you're probably in the three times out of a hundred. Right, right. I don't know. That's the thing. That's the reason why I'm looking for the K State game because right. what I'm looking forward to is at least the march, i.e., ball tickling, of thinking that Missouri can win a championship. And if you're Missouri, most likely at this moment, pre-expansion, the you you have to go undefeated. Yeah. Now, they were in the mix in 2013 with one loss, and they were in the mix in 2007 with one loss. But at that point, there's no more room for error. And when you know Georgia's coming, and that probably isn't going to happen, you basically have to beat Kansas State and Auburn. And that is why I am so fired up for Missouri-K-State. Yeah, because I'm, in, I'm conning myself into going, well, you know, we didn't think they were going to be that great in 2007 and 2013, and look at them now. So that's what I'm trying to say. That the, well, we didn't think they were going to be that good in 2022, and now look at them now. That's what I'm telling myself. That's They'll be wearing all white, if I had to guess. Oh, you got the uniforms already? No, but all white, and I bet they go block M because it's a Big 12 opponent. Interesting. Yeah. Hey, do you think the SEC logo on the Missouri uniform is too big? 
It's a massive SEC logo. It's like bigger than. The, I honestly haven't noticed it. Take a look. It's bigger than other schools. I, I, I yeah, it looks like it to me. Uh, and if you're like an SEC graduate, it takes up the entire left side of the jersey. Like they put graduate All on top right. of the SEC patch. Next game at eleven o'clock on Saturday, take a look at the SEC logo. The Missouri I'll, be I'll be locked in. It's I can't wait. Huge. Yeah, I, really I am too. I, that's, a, that's a game I can't wait for. So your mountaintop is at, I don't even know if my mountaintop's in MFF anymore. Right. I don't know. I like Because like, the... I've told you the circumstances surrounding what would be mine at this point, and it wouldn't be what it was back in the day. Again, there'd be multiple broken parties in the bed. No doubt. No doubt. And that isn't hot. Even mm-hmm. though when I'm watching Stag, I'm watching multiple broken parties. Somehow I'm able to suspend the, the disbelief. The disbelief, yeah. yeah. Yeah, that's the power of movie making. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, I, the MMF, or I'm sorry, MFF. As Hey, listen, if you're looking for the more popular MMF, don't, you don't no, have to apologize me. on this podcast. This is a sex positive and uh, podcast that refuses to kink shame. That's the truth, if I've ever heard it. But no, I am not in search of the MMF. MF, but if you are, God bless you. But MFF, that'd be pretty high up there, but, you know. I think you're going to get it, by the way, pretty soon. That'd be great. I really do. That'd be great. I, it's almost like you got to find the right dance partner who knows another dance partner, you know. I feel like it's it's got to be set up in that kind of way, like finding two strangers and convincing both of them right. to Right. Oh, yeah, no, that that's that. I mean, if you can do it, great. Yeah, then you're a real uh, Rank the order of most likely... Uh, MFF participants on the TMA dais right now. I would say you are the obvious one. Then, then you got to, and I would say Doug is the obvious five. Yeah, yeah. And then you kind of got to fill it in in between. Uh, okay, so MFF. Right. I'll go me one. Iggy two because he's single. But that goes against what you just said. Yeah, but I feel like Iggy knows some freaks. You want to talk about broken parties? Yeah, hundred percent. God, that should be the title. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I feel like Iggy Iggy is two, Plowhawk three, U four, Doug five. All right, I feel like that's right. I, I mean, would go U one, Plowhawk two, Doug is five, and then you interchange. I don't know. I don't know. And me and Iggy, I don't know. I kind of feel like my ship has sailed, but I'm I'm trying to convince myself here on this podcast that it hasn't. But then again, I always go back to the broken party factor. Yeah, there's and there's no getting around. And and, that and it's just it's it's not it's not an aphrodisiac. Like oh yeah, I saw you looking for likes on Instagram, and here you are. Yeah, at least, at least you're getting a great maintenance from your ex-husband. Oh fuck, you got too many. Too many fillers over the last couple months, but <laughs> starting to leak. <laughs> <laughs> but at least at least you're here, and I get to live this out. It was a hell of a lot better a couple decades ago. But hey, listen, <laughs> when you reheat pizza, you're not anticipating it being as good as when it was fresh out the box. Boy, that's the truth. So, but at the end of the day, it's still pretty satisfying. So you're essentially reheating pizza. That's a nice. That's a nice analogy. That, that actually does work. It kind of, yeah, it kind of holds up. So if I'm not really that excited about MFFs, and I'm not really that excited about six months of the year here, oh 
God. Jackson, find and, and and I also believe the American way of life is inevitably going to hit a huge road bump in the next two years. Hence last week's podcast. If you're happy, don't listen to this. What do I have? Find something for me to clasp on to with my tiny little pincers. Curb's coming back. Yeah, I'm happy about that. That'll help. I didn't really like last season that much. Uh, for me, it's just more like when you talk about like relative it still was very good and right. i enjoyed it but it's it i didn't enjoy it as much i didn't enjoy the tracy ullman character yeah that's fair um oh wow i kind of thought you would be defensive on on my curb take no i i think i thought that like the overall overarching which they do every season like the overall premise of it was not as good as like the Spite Store, which was genius, yeah. or some other ones like the restaurant from the early season, like when they all own the restaurant, like that's another genius plot, or the Seinfeld plot from season seven. Um, so yeah. that kind, so that kind that's of that's the I think that's the issue. That right? kind of hurts identified it. the issue. Yeah, the overarching plot wasn't great, but there was still some incredible moments. Like when, I think last season is when he had to dry clean the KKK members' <laughs> robes, and that's just about as funny as it was. But like you, I, we talk about happy places a lot. When I hear the static of HBO and then the bum 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 bum, that's when I'm like, okay, I am happy. I am a happy human being because I get to watch LD go to work. Have you uh, watched the Lakers, uh, the Hulu Lakers? No, I still... I You'd st- enjoy that. I know. So I'm in the midst of watching it. That's kind of what I got. I watched The Bear. Was that good? It, it was It was good. I'm surprised by the... Outpouring it's getting? Yeah. Yeah. So it was good. I think the tough thing for me watching it was I had expectations that were set that it would be... Yep. So good yep. that it that I, I it, it wrapped up and I went okay, right. I don't I don't know I don't maybe it's about Shameless and people seeing that character or that actor now playing a you know much different role. I, I don't know. I thought it was I thought it was on a one to ten. Do we do you do one to five? Do you do one to four? Do you do one to ten scales? All by by whatever scale you'd like me to do. I like the Rotten Tomatoes percentages. So one to a hundred. Okay. Uh it was an eighty-two. Okay, eighty-two is pretty good. Eighty-two is better than most. Better uh, than most. Larry, Larry Sanders is. God, ninety-nine. Yeah. Yeah. What other uh, Sopranos? Sopranos. 99. Yeah, ninety-nine. Uh, Breaking Bad. Breaking ninety-nine. Bad. Succession's in the high nineties for me. I'm a huge Succession. Succession guy. is ninety-two. Yeah. For me, these are yeah. my these are my own rankings. The Wire is in ninety-seven. Yeah, I gotta watch The Wire. And that I've so- tried to get it going a couple times and have never stuck. Yeah. And maybe The Wire, I am dealing with the same thing that I was dealing with The Bear. Similar kind of where it's, it's expectations are so high. Yeah, and then I understand season two is like this one-off season. It's diff. It's different, but there's a lot of really good stuff in it, and it lays a big foundation All right. for them. So I'm going to try to power through it. Yeah, The Wire. I mean, that's that's because like, I hear such great things that I got it. It's like Game of Thrones. I'm like everybody's talking about this fucking thing, and we've tried to watch it three times. These motherfuckers are in the woods. Yeah, and it's cold, and it's boring as shit and then I, I get into it and it's incredible and then the last season happens and it's a fucking mess are you watching uh house of the dragon or i am i the am Last dragon with leon <laughs> the house of the dragon are you familiar with the last dragon no that was made in 1984 no but if 
Leon from Curb was in this House no, of the no, Dragon. No, I'd be really sure. into it. J.B. Smoove, I don't know. Show enough. Uh, you're not watching it. No, I am watching the you House are of watching the Dragon. It. How yes. is it? Uh, it's good. Oh, wow. So I'm halfway... I like everybody's th- raving about it. Yeah, I mean, there's like... I think it's got a lot of the same good bones. And this one is based on source material from George R.R. R. Martin. So therefore, uh, showrunners can't hijack brilliant storylines and take it their own direction. Uh, so this one is, uh, it's good. It's laying a lot of groundwork right now. So it's in like the groundwork phase where like not a lot's going on. And then this one's way more like political, I would say. Like, whereas Game of Thrones was very political. Like the show is very much about politics and how you work things. But this one is so much about that, that you kind of have to get more into the nuance of it all more so than like, here's a beheading or two or a sex scene every second episode, you know? So it's a little different, but I like it. All right, fair enough. I'm not intrigued. Yeah, now, you, are, you have bad taste in your mouth. Yeah. The and Game of Thrones thing, what, all right, biggest disappointments in television history, go. Because right now you're going to have to talk me off of the last season of Game of Thrones. Oh, yeah. Biggest disappointment in television history. Certainly the last two episodes. Which sounds like a Mike Greenberg prisoner of the moment take, but that is where I am. Right. Even though I think where they ended up with it, was correct. Like, I think Bran being on the throne at the end was the right. Spoiler. Yeah, apology. You can skip that part. Uh, where I, th- I think that was the right outcome of it, the way they got there was brutal. Especially, I will say it again, the second to last episode is one of the worst uh, moments of television. Uh, disappointing. AJ season six Sopranos is like the worst storyline ever and it never goes anywhere and the character is never fleshed out and it kind of leaves a bad taste in my mouth for season six, which is a great, I mean, Sopranos, in my opinion, is the greatest show ever. So that I didn't like. And then outside of that, like uh, The Wire season six, season five gets a little fucked up. Oh, wow. So there's a really weird Tell me to watch line. this show and it's a whole thing. Well, season the season before that's I put that up against any season of television ever. So mm-hmm. season five of The Wire gets kind of fucked up. And then... Uh, anything Entourage after season five stinks. Wow. Season six is okay. But season seven, we found out Adrian Grenier can't act, which was was <laughs> very unfortunate because he seems like a nice enough guy. All right. You, you, you threw some out there right there at the end. Yeah. Yeah. Season seven and eight of Entourage. I feel like I'm missing an obvious one when it comes to disappointment. People say Dexter. I never saw it. Yeah. Anna say Marie Dexter. was into that show, and she. I remember when she goes, Yeah, the last episode was really bad when yeah. we got done, or when she got done watching it. Yeah. People say Dexter's. People, I guess. But then it rebooted, right? Yeah. They did like a second coming, which a lot of shows are doing now. Like they're, the streamers are picking up their, I guess, the IP for it. Arrested Development did something very similar. And of course, Fuller House. Which we were all clamoring for a full house reunion. That's correct. We were. Um, but uh, well, I think a lot of people point to season the last episode of Sopranos, the last scene specifically. See, I I consider it to be brilliant, but in the moment, I was really not happy. Mm-hmm. But now, fifteen years later, I consider it to be brilliant. Yeah, yeah. And I, a great appreciation for it. Yeah, I, it's tough for me. Like, there's movies or shows or stuff that like I I can't view as like the same as people did in the moment Star Wars Empire Strikes Back is one of them The Shining is one of them Godfather is one of them and Sopranos ending is one of them where it's so into the cultural zeitgeist like what happened like 
Jaws. So you knew about it before you were Yeah, I knew it cut to black because it had been referenced a thousand times across this, that, or the third. Same with Star Wars with Luke, I am your father. Like, that doesn't, you don't get that shock value when it's so deeply entrenched into the culture. But seeing how it all set up to it, and given Bobby and Tony's conversation on the lake. Yes, but when, when we were watching it in 2007. Right, how are you going to? You're not even paying attention to that. No, of course not. There's, there's this is like serious So for real, when it happened, I truly thought our television went out, our cable went really? out, our satellite. Yeah. Yeah. Truly thought, I know millions of other people did as well. Because people were watching that across the country. And the weird thing for me is I didn't get into that show until like December 2006. Mm. So I had been bit because doing television, it was on on right. Sunday nights. Sunday and me, nights. Doug, and Savard were doing that Sports Sunday show. And so we just didn't see anything on Sunday nights. So I was binging it before there really was binging, but right. there was. And uh, I guess it TiVo. a subscriber. Yeah, that's probably what it was, man, yeah. actually. TiVo in the heart. I that's remember what that. it was. Sometimes the end of the episode get cut yeah. off. Yeah. Because it didn't record long enough. And so people were watching. It was one of those, uh, you know, American national events. Yeah, appointment television. And it's pre-Twitter. God, can you imagine Twitter when that happened? Oh, my God, yeah. It would have been. And then it might still be framed that way because right. the, way, the way Twitter frames something initially is the yeah. way oftentimes it remains forever. But, uh, yeah, I, I now look at that and I go, God, that was fucking brilliant. It was absolutely brilliant. Right. So, But in the moment, I thought it was – I was – pissed you know and, and on top but i wasn't pissed in the moment i actually was like oh fuck something happened on our television and it didn't hit me because it stayed black for like 15 seconds and then you saw the then you saw the yeah and then you the rewatch critics. you rewatch it with yeah. all the context and they're playing don't stop believing and you know Spoiler. it just goes black and everything stops and the music stops members only jacket so many pieces point to it and you know you get people being upset by it but David Chase, I think, was quoted saying, like, you just watch this guy, like, toil and struggle and, like, be the worst human ever, but, like, you loved him and rooted for him for six seasons, and then you want to see, you know, his brain splattered in a bowl of onion rings with his family at a dinner. Mm. Like, it doesn't make as much sense. Like, I think it was the only way to end it. And shows like that are tough to end, man. Game of Thrones, like, I, I, I don't wish to be the two showrunners we had to end that show. It's a tough thing to end when you have such a grand show. And fuck, I mean, the White Walkers were like a main storyline point for seven seasons, and then they were taken care of in one episode. <laughs> you know, one poor, darkly lit episode where you legitimately cannot see what's going on. So, like, it's tough. Oh, God. Action Jackson and I talking television, then also following up on last week's uh, episode titled, what was it titled? If you're happy, don't listen to this? Correct. So, Jackson, people did email me or DM me about it. Cool. Um, but and you're always welcome to email me about anything. That's essentially what this this podcast is. But uh, T McKernan at InsideSTL.com. But nobody provided anything. Who was I talking to? I think I don't know. Maybe the person doesn't want to be identified. Like man, you weren't kidding. I was I was in a really good mood going into uh, going into listening to your podcast, and uh, and that that was depressing. Is is hell. Well, we warned you. Yeah. Because, and then, I don't want to say who I was having lunch with. I think I was saying that I on the podcast, I'm going to have lunch with somebody who is a great optimist and also somebody who is, uh, you know, certainly dialed in, uh, for lack of a better term. 
And I said, okay, I actually just happened to do a podcast talking about this situation. Here's here's what I'm laying out. These aren't like, if this happens, then this happens. This this is just it. These are the, this this is coming. Tell me why I'm being too much of a pessimist. And he goes, yeah, I see where you're coming from on that. And I go, all right. And just for those of you who did not listen to the episode to to summarize, and I don't even know how the hell we got on it, but then at the same time, I didn't expect to talk about the Sopranos ending here in 2022 today, but alas, here yep, we are. Here we it's the Adderall sessions. <laughs> and bad news for you, Jackson, is we don't have a sales meeting for two hours and 12 minutes, so... No, let's go, what if, let's what go if? sideways. <laughs> be a problem. What if? Uh, but um, I said, here's what you got with President Trump situation. Former President Trump, if somebody wants me to scold me uh, because I anger both liberals and conservatives. Um, So, will the Justice Department indict him? And if the answer is yes, all hell breaks loose. If the answer is no, okay. For the most part, there may be some people who will go, what the fuck? But life will continue. Now, if the answer is yes, all hell breaks loose. Lindsey Graham himself saying there will be riots in the street. So then you got that. And then whatever then would happen if there was an actual trial, which would be holy shit. Right. Okay. But let's just say that the answer is no. So you're like, ah, everything's still cool. All right. Whatever happens in the midterms happens. Um, I personally think Democrats are either holding on to uh, too much hope based on the Kansas uh, abortion vote from a few months ago or two months ago, whatever it was. Um, but maybe I'll be wrong on that. Fuck, I don't know. As I've made clear, I'm not locked in. I'm keeping it simple. This is a 35,000-foot view of the, the situation, but I, but nobody was able to refute it. So if he's not indicted, then you have 2024. And I don't know how you don't have all hell break loose then at that point because if he wins all hell breaks loose and if he doesn't win it's not he's going to go oh, congratulations to whoever the democrats run i am not expecting it to be joe biden i never thought it would be joe biden uh for a second term um and i think you just have all hell break loose now Jackson. Yes. One of the emails I received, as I was mentioning, Scott's Wrinkled Ballsack did send me uh, a message. I, I suppose I should read it. Um, let's see what we got. When was this sent? He sent this last week. Just finished up QFTA this morning, and I really enjoyed it. I appreciate how you guys went in on the not always easy to talk about subject matter of the state of the country and the future of it. I feel I'm similar to both of you guys. I've distanced myself from politics, not that I was ever ate up with it, but have accepted it is what it is and not allow it to influence my happiness or the way I live. I'm also the eternal optimist like Jackson with hope that things will get better. Always appreciate the entertainment. Hope all is well. It's from Scott's Wrinkle Ballsack. Um, So he was just going, yeah, I see where you're coming from. Like the way you guys handled it. But he's, he's just holding on to hope that somehow some way the inevitable will be avoided. Yeah, that's kind of where that's I That's where you too. are. Yeah, it's they, I have no empirical evidence or anything to back up why I think such a thing, but, like, I just, the optimist in me 
That's how I'm preset. Is there anything that you could use now that it's been about a week since we did that podcast where you go, well, here's how I think it can be avoided? Because I know I was depressing you as I laid out yeah. the scenario that I, you know, kind of nutshelled in a minute there over last week's podcast. Because to me, it's one of those, it's like death. People don't talk about it. Right. Not right. because people are necessarily in denial of it. It's just a really unpleasant thought. Right. And, and why s- waste time living when, you, when you're talking about dying? Right. So in this specific situation, I think people know there may be a problem, but I don't think people are as certain that the problem is coming. And therefore, it's different than death, whereas people know it's certain and just don't want to waste time talking about it or it's just really unpleasant to talk about with this. I don't think people have really thought about it, not because until I brought it up as if the world is listening to my my podcast, but for those who do listen to it, it was, oh, shit, yeah, I see what you're saying, and I don't really know what is going to change it. I think some people are, are holding on to, not that they're necessarily Ron DeSantis fans per se, but that might be, that's kind of a fruit from the tree, and that can be a bit of a compromise. But in order for that to happen, he has to beat Donald Trump. And, you know, number yeah. one, A, that has to happen, and B, how does former President Trump take it, should that actually happen? And then how does... His fans, how do his fans take it? That may be the best case scenario, I suppose. I'm just trying to lay them out because I'm looking for it too. Because as I said on the podcast week, week, last week, I am, we used to, you know, because this is this is what uh, Scott's Wrinkled Ballsack had, had sent into the radio show, I believe, something along the lines of, you know, and how it impacts his, uh, his, his planning strategies. And you're at a different point in life at 24, Jackson, but for me, whether it be moving or renovating the house. I mean, in my mind, I'm like, why would we renovate the house or do this with the house when we're either going to you know, move from St. Louis or just move to a different house in St. Louis? And I'm dead serious. I'm, I'm hesitating to do it in part, in part because of what I see as a certainty of chaos. And so, therefore, I don't want to take on more when I'm looking at a situation that, to me, is obvious uncertainty. So that's where I'm coming from on it. Th- yeah. And that's how you can apply it to everyday life, which is why it truly is. If you're happy, don't listen to the podcast because it's not like people listen to it and goes, yeah, I hear you, Tim, but here's why I don't, I'm not concerned. It's, it was all, yeah, I really kind of, I'm kind of, I'm aware of it, but I don't like to think about it. That was the overwhelming reaction. I do have one that maybe will give you some hope that I'll read, but uh, Jackson, how do you view it? Yeah, I mean, anytime I, th- I think of optimism. Did you talk about with your parents by chance? Yeah. Oh, did you? Uh, I do, I, we, I, anytime I see them, it's somehow something like that comes up. There's usually the they, t- they want to talk about the podcast? No, 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 no. But they do like to talk about, you know, the state of the things. Usually there's some sort of news channel on. And, uh, you know, my parents like me to stay informed. I try my best, but as I tell them, you know, sometimes it just makes me sad. And I often think, like, when I, th- I think about, well, you know, the, the, the optimist in me works, and I just think back to January 6th, 2021, and uh, my optimism 
kind of folds up shop, man. Like, to be honest with you, it really makes me, because the, the will of the, that's, that's America is the will of the people. Our vote matters and the will of the people is important. And, you know, what we saw on January 6, 2021 was, it was, attempting to bastardize the will of the people. And that's how I view it. And that is where it becomes, you know, political debates to very dangerous situations. And that does not help. That doesn't make me feel. And the, and the fact that people, you know, were very against it on that day, but then walk it back a couple of months later and then, you know, change their opinion on what they thought they saw on January 6th makes me super uncomfortable. It makes me super uncomfortable that there's people out there who are way more concerned with keeping power uh, than keeping up the union. And that's what, uh, so that's what makes the optimism, optimist in me question myself. All right. And I understand that. I'm going to try to provide something here for the people to perhaps hold on to. Uh, this uh, actually is from the Washington Post yesterday. Uh, and this was sent to me by, uh, he said, just Jared, but uh, uh, somebody I think I've emailed with before, but probably not, actually, because he sent it to my, you can use the TMASTL app, and he just used the app to send the email to me. He said, Tim, this article isn't exactly optimistic, but the author at least isn't as pessimistic about the health of our nation as he once was. However, he doesn't address the reaction to a Trump conviction or Trump 2024 loss. Um, and so I will read the following. The author is Thomas E. Ricks, and the title of a book that he's just written is uh, Waging a Good War, A Military History of the Civil Rights Movement, 1954 to 1968, will be published in October. And he wrote, Five years ago, I began to worry about Amer- a new American civil war breaking out. Despite a recent spate of books and columns that warn such conflict may be approaching, I am less concerned by that prospect now. Back then, I wrote in a series of articles and online discussions for foreign policy that I expected to see widespread political violence accompanied by efforts in some states to undermine the authority and the ability of the federal government. At an annual lunch of national security experts in Austin, I posed the question of possible civil war and got a consensus of about one-third chance of such a situation breaking. Specifically, I worried that there would be a spate of assassination attempts against politicians and judges. I thought we might see courthouses and other federal buildings bombed. I also expected that in some states, right-wing organizations heavily influenced by white nationalism would hold conventions to discuss how to defy enforcement of federal laws they disliked, such as those dealing with voting rights. Some governors might vow to fire any state employee complying with unwanted federal orders. And I thought it likely that nullification juries would start cropping up, refusing to convict right-wingers committing mayhem, such as attacking election officials no matter what evidence there was. We still may see such catastrophes, of course. Our country remains deeply divided. We have a Supreme Court packed with reactionaries. Many right-wingers appear comfortable with threatening violence if things don't go their way, and a large minority of the members of Congress seems unconcerned with such talk. I continue to worry especially about political assassinations, because all that takes is one deranged person and a gun, and our country, unfortunately, has many of both. And yet, for all that, I am less pessimistic than I was back then. Oddly enough, the main things that give me hope arise from former President Donald Trump's attack on the electoral process culminating in the January 6th assault on the Capitol. 
At the time, I feared that the unprecedented insurrection was the beginning of a sustained war on American democracy. Yet nothing much happened. Rather, with the executive branch crippled and the legislative branch divided, the judicial branch of the federal government held the line. Again and again, both federal and state courts rejected claims of election fraud. Now those who allege fraud without substantial evidence are themselves being investigated. Hundreds of people who invaded the Capitol, attacked police, and threatened lawmakers were tracked down and charged with crimes. It was as if the American system had been subjected to a stress test and, albeit a bit wobbly, passed. Moreover, the Capitol invaders turned out to lack the courage of their convictions. Having broken the law, they shied away from the consequences. Unlike the civil rights activists of the 1960s, they did not march proudly into jails, certain of the rightness of their cause, eager to use the moment to explain what they had done and why. They lacked the essentials that gave the civil rights movement and others sustainability, training, discipline, and a strategy for the long term. More recently, the House Select uh, Committee, examining how January 6th came to pass, has established a factual record that cannot be denied. While unfortunately not truly bipartisan, it also shows part of the legislative branch of the federal government finally awakening and responding to the attack that branch suffered. The Justice Department's slow but steady pursuit of January 6th perpetrators at any level targets those who thought they could speak or act without repercussions. But the American people are paying attention. A recent NBC News poll found that, quote, threats to democracy topped the list of pressing issues facing the nation. Yes, we still have a long way to go. There are no signs of a national reconciliation in the offing. Some Trump followers, no doubt, will be elected to Congress and to state offices this fall, and control of both houses of Congress is uncertain. But it is beginning to feel to me like the wave of hard right, not conservative, reaction has crested. As we saw in the recent vote in Kansas, the Supreme Court's ruling against abortion has awakened many women and some men to the dangers of letting that court go wildly out of step with the American people. In addition, the events of the past few years, most notably the pandemic and some natural disasters, have reminded many Americans that there is a place for good and effective government, especially in providing basic societal needs of public health, public safety, air and water quality, and roads and other forms of transportation. That revived appreciation is one more reason I think the danger of civil war is receding. So while the patient is not yet healthy, I see some signs that the fever is breaking and the prognosis is improving. That is Thomas E. Ricks, Washington Post Opinion, published September 5th, 2022. Action Jackson, your reaction? Yeah, I think he makes some great points about how there is, you know, there are going to be repercussions for what happened on January 6th, both from politicians and the people who stormed the Capitol. There, you can't just act like that and get away with it. You have to have to answer to your claims. And, you know, when they tell you when there's evidence that there is no fraud and you continue to claim it, you are perpetrating danger. And I'm glad to see people who did that will be held responsible for such a thing. Uh, I do think that the, and I think we talked about this on a previous podcast, and when I say this, I be, by no way mean to say that the, the ban on abortion is by any means good. It is nothing but bad for females across the country. I think it's a terrible thing. But if there's a silver lining to it, it's that, hey, we can't let the Supreme Court get packed in this kind of way. We can't let that happen. We have to get out and vote, or otherwise they're going to take away fundamental human rights. And so I do think that that is a wake-up call to a lot of people. So I hear where he's coming from, and uh, my pessimism 
is still very much there while my optimism fights it. But I think he made some really good points. The one thing about the article uh, that stood out to me, actually, is that there is a poll indicating that threats to democracy top people's concerns. Uh, I'm surprised by that. That 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 was a piece of data that I not only was not aware of, but it surprises me. Um, but the other part about it is, and, and again, it's not like I said, hey, Thomas E. Ricks, this is Tim in St. Louis, uh, <laughs> write a column on why I shouldn't be pessimistic. Right. He just happened to write this column, and it timed out with um, our podcast, uh, coincidentally, and you know what he doesn't address is the potential indictment of former President Trump and what would happen should that actually occur. Um, and then if there isn't the inevitability that he runs for president and what happens there, whether he wins or whether he loses. And all of this is happening within the next 26 months. No matter what, one of those scenarios is happening. Do you agree with that? I mean, maybe. Yeah, I mean, he's either getting indicted or he doesn't and he's going to run. Okay. So that, 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 I don't know that, if he'll win, but I know that. I suppose something you could hold on to is that he doesn't run. Yeah, uh, that would be shocking. Right. That would be shocking. So that would be a way out, but I don't think anybody really thinks that that's going to happen. I don't think that's in, in doubt at the moment. So, you know, it's coming. One, one of these things is coming, and that's not tended to in this column. So he's he's less concerned about a civil war. He's not, but he's more concerned about assassinations. That to me strikes me as much as I hate to say it. That strikes me as live. Um, I suppose it's always going on, whether it be 1963, uh, President Reagan in 1981. Um, you know, it's it's always there. But uh, now would be a even more. Um, I don't know what the right word would be. The climate would be more likely, it would right. seem, considering the division. So uh, I just, the, the core issue, if you strip away all of this, all of you strip it all away, is that people who watch Fox News think the people who watch CNN or MSNBC or read the New York Times or what I just read from the Washington Post are lying to them or are quote-unquote libtards or whatever and then the people who uh, are reading or watching those outlets think the people who watch Fox News are MAGA and and either way they're getting two different stories Mm -hmm. and you know the reality is even though you know, I look at the whole thing and I kind of recognize it for what it is. Who's the only guy that out of our lot who can beat Donald Trump and not even if he doesn't, then not kill us down ballot. OK, then we got to get this. We got to get Joe Biden the nomination. So it's not like I'm sitting here going, man, got a great president. The reality is his administration has actually had a hell of a lot of success here over the last approximate month. But for somebody, I wonder how many people for them are like, oh, my God, I can't believe you're even saying that. Because for some people, I know that's what they would say. But he actually has had significant wins over the last month as a president. That's just 
it, it it's actually kind of a, a <laughs> it's a fact. Yeah. It's not really something that is. Now that doesn't mean I'm sitting here saying he's a great president. But what I'm telling you is for for people who would sit there and in, in, when Trump was in office and go. Well, no, it's, it's all terrible. It's all terrible. Well, I mean, look at this and then look at this. I mean, you, you might not like him, but th- these things are, I don't know how you can say this isn't positive for the United States, even if you don't like the guy who's in office. Point being, if you're watching a cable outlet, it's going to be framed as a loss if it's, if it's Biden. It's going to be framed as a win if it's Trump and then vice versa. Right. And that is how most people get their information or they get it via social media, which is, of course, headlines and so that is something that i don't know how that's fixable so you have that running parallel and at times perpendicular to this trump situation and i don't know i just i don't know how these aren't immovable objects that inevitably cause some kind of hell to break loose within the next two and a half years and i want to make it clear i want to be wrong I want to be wrong, but, you know, I provide, you know, I mean, you can, anybody can email me or DM me. I didn't even get your fucking dumb or the passive aggressive threat opening up on the TMA fan page going to hear the podcast. Guys, you know, I don't see it happening that way. It's just, it just, yeah. Now that you've laid it out, that really is depressing because you're right. I just haven't thought about it or people aren't talking about it uh, because it's probably not good for business to talk about it. Because all that does is lend fears to what conservatives will tell you is a certain recession and liberals will tell you is, well, you know, if you take a look at this, things are actually improving and I wouldn't consider the recession a certainty. Uh, so it's just one of those things. Do you, do you want there to be a recession? I'm sure there are some people who actually kind of do, as weird as it sounds, because then they can blame it on Joe Biden. Uh, and then I'm sure there are people who, even if there is one, would say, well, no, not necessarily if you look at this and then deny it. So that, to me, is not uh, is one of the issues with it is that you have, you know, facts interpreted to spin for your team, right. so to speak. And I just don't know how the, that, that is fixable within the next 30 months. And I have no idea how the President Trump situation is is fixable outside of he just decides he's not going to run and then Ron DeSantis runs and wins and can kind of say he's close to the Trump tree and, you know, but he's not Trump. And so, you know, maybe the healing process can begin. I don't know. That's, I'm, I'm, I'm looking for things myself here, Jack. Yeah. And I think we live in this era where information is, A, so plentiful and, B, so readily available that it is a feeding frenzy of falsehoods and mistruths being spread as truth. And therefore now we have a battle of, it's not a battle of policy. It's a battle of no, what you're saying is a lie as a lie. And what I'm saying is the truth right? and the vice versa. And so when you're doing that, you're no longer having a debate. This is no longer discussion. It's, it's a bunch of molecules talking at each other. That's what it is. There's no, earnest discussion you can have if neither of you can agree on the truth. Therefore, you know, and that's what we're being peddled. It's what's being, and anything can be spun to fit a narrative. Anything can be used in this context to help this party or that party or this party or this person or that person. Therefore, it's so difficult to have earnest conversations and discussions 
with people because at the end of the day, you're either getting your information from different sources who can give you completely different facts or facts spun in certain ways. And that I have no interest in battling and in, in talking to someone about what's true and what's not. Like, I have no interest in that whatsoever. So I think that's a big reason why I've kind of stepped, and it wasn't like I was ever really in politics by any means, but I would sometimes have discussions with my friends. But now I have no interest in it in general because you're not changing my mind, I'm not changing your mind, and we're just going to battle about who has the true stat or not. So that's why I, I my pessimism, again, is is trying to eke out and the optimist is playing whack-a-mole. And eventually I'm gonna it's going to get to a harder level and I won't be able to whack-a-mole away my pessimistic feeling. There you go. Uh, your thoughts on it? Team McKernan at InsideSTL.com. I'm asking. I would love for it make me feel better. You know, I, I would love for somebody to say, yeah, I, I hear what you guys are saying. But here is what here here is a way that your concern won't wind up. Or here is why I'm not concerned. But I just I just can't. I can't foresee. I don't know. I, I God. I don't know. Like you got to bet a thousand dollars. Do they indict President Trump? Uh, bet a thousand dollars. Bet a thousand dollars. I bet no. You would bet no. Yeah. I would bet no. I wouldn't feel great about it. No. So I don't want to bet the thousand dollars. But the thing is, if the answer is no, then you know it's coming. Right. And then if the answer is yes. You also know what's coming. At least I think. I think that, and I th- and I think they calculate. I think I, I, again. I, I think so much of this is political calculation and not really law. And by that I mean, they're going okay. If we do this before November, the momentum that we may feel we have with the abortion backlash, the abortion ruling backlash, the overturning of Roe versus Wade backlash. Uh, Will will actually be turned into momentum, which is amazing. But that President Trump's been indicted. Do you see what I'm saying? Yeah, that'll rally his yes, place. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Right, but I still think that the better outcome is that he he him running is the worst outcome, in my opinion. This is my opinion. Him running for president in 2024 is the worst outcome. So anything to stop him from doing that, while you know it's not like it's much better. It's kind of a pick your poison situation. I think that would be better, but that's just uh, you know, if he's on the, I think that if he's on the ballot in twenty twenty four, running up against a Democrat, yeah, I think we are destined for more of what we saw in October of twenty twenty into November and December and January. Um, what is the absolute worst possible as far as stability in the United States? Not what you think is right or wrong. Uh, so taking your own opinions of, you know who is right, who is wrong, who is good, who is bad, whatever, what do you think causes the most chaos? Because to me, there's two things that could cause the most chaos. Yeah, for me, it's doesn't get indicted, runs, loses in November of 2024. That's the worst, I think, that I think that would create the most chaos. Second worst would be him winning in 2024. Okay, to me... You identified one of them. The second one, and I think it's probably the one that would call that could be the shot heard around the world, so to speak, would be A, indicted, B, tried, C, found guilty, and then the reaction. Yeah. 
That's that's where I think. I think have. in a vacuum that would cause a ton of chaos, but in the long run, I think it would be. I, I think that we would be better off in the long run than other outcomes because then anyone who's still attached to him now has to carry someone who was, you know. God, I don't know. But yeah, I, and then maybe I don't know. maybe this that, is that's the, that's why. Even though I've spent you know whatever seventy five percent of this podcast talking about it. That's why, like, I was I was so, I don't know if the right word is happy on January 6th, 7th, 8th. Um, but I'm like, okay, there's our low point, and now people, minus Josh Hawley, uh, are going, okay, that's enough. Right. But then those same people walked <laughs> it a back. month or two later. Walked it back. <laughs> litigating it. And I'm going, oh, fuck. All right, I'll fuck. wrap it up. I'm done. They tap me out. And, unless I'm going, oh, I'm... I'm looking at doing this or I'm looking at doing this business-wise or personally. Oh, maybe I shouldn't do it because, you know, I see I yeah. see winter is it winter certainly came in 2020 in 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 2021, but I actually think the bigger storm is out there and it's a brewing. That therefore I can't in good faith, you know. Right. Uh, you know, go after. So, uh anyway, I, I'm. I really do. I really do. But I'm, I'm. I'm. You know. I feel like I'm putting out. Like I'm uh, the the professor in Goodwill Hunting, and I'm putting out. A pro- I'm putting a problem on the board, and none of the students are are able to answer the problem. Yeah, played by the it, great Stellan Skarsgård. Thank you. Underappreciated. He was an entourage as well, was he not? Yeah, he played the German director. He Thank has you. three kids who are also actors, most famously Bill Skarsgård, who played of Penny- Bill's whole fame. Right. Also, Pennywise the Clown in both it iterations, Stephen King novels. Uh, Margot Robbie, Harley Quinn. Damn right. <laughs> I was uh, curious how you were going to react to that. Yeah, fantastic. If you didn't view me. As your superior, even though we all know I'm not your superior, sure. and by we all know I mean the two of us on the podcast, right. and maybe four percent of the people listening to the podcast, right? You would have gone the fuck's Harlequin. I didn't know it. where it came from, right? To be honest and you would have said, but I said, you know, I, well, and I think of Pennywise for whatever reason. Then I default to all these uh, characters, and I'm like, oh yeah, Margot Robbie, Harlequin, and I like talking and thinking about Margot Robbie. So that's why yeah, I went there. it's never it never hurts to think about Margot Robbie in no. any situation. But I, Tim, as you know, I'm a showman, right? And the show must go on whether right. one but of the hosts were... just throws that non sequitur. <laughs> that's the thing. But if you viewed me as your employee, right, and not as your employer or some kind of caste system in TMA, then you would have gone, what the fuck's Margot Robbie got to do with anything? That's what I'm saying. I was I was thinking I was missing a connection there, like we're playing six degrees of separation here, and <laughs> that I was missing something between Bill Skarsgård playing Pennywise the Clown and Harley Quinn, who's Joker's doctor wife. That's right. Um, and got her own little film franchise out of it. Uh, and so I just said, damn right. When really, in my mind, I was, what the fuck is this guy talking exactly. about? Exactly. See, that's, that's, that's the guy I want to appear on this podcast and on Balloon Party. You that's me? the guy because you were accused by Mr. Licks of being, now we're doing Pepper and Genie, which is basically a yeah. show to respond to Mr. Licks. The who's Licks. who of the fan page. <laughs> oh, did you see the thread on the fan page? That right. should be Pepper and Genie. But... Mr. Lick said you're too much of a yes man, and I, you know when I, I've I've read that criticism of you before, and I go, yeah, I don't, 
what do they think? Like Jackson is like just I I don't I'm not some kind of take Smith like, <laughs> right it's just like because it's not like I'm over here like defiantly screaming right you know that LeBron is a fraud and then I you, mean, get... you got to respond it's I'm going I think I could be wrong on this but I'm pretty certain that we are headed towards all hell breaking loose in the next thirty months but please tell me how I'm wrong that's not necessarily the Skip Bayless Tucker Carlson business model. Where you go, I think this, but please tell me how I'm wrong. But you, Jackson, get accused of being a yes man, as apparently Gangster Pete was, as apparently the Sea Monster was, and I'm like, I don't, I don't. I'll address it. No, oh, okay. oh, you're going to address it. Yeah, wow, I'm ladies gonna... and gentlemen, I'm going to tell everybody in the hallway, gather around. Jackson's going to address it. <laughs> All right. Wow. Now people. So many people are crowded around now. <laughs> Here comes, here comes Martin Lord. Luther nailing something here to the learn. Here comes John Hewlett nailing something to the Randy character from vacation. Yeah, he's coming back from the Hamptons to hear this. Here's my proclamation. All right, what do we got? I'm anxious to hear this. Like I said this on the show when Mr. Wicks called in. It, it, like you can agree with somebody in principle, but offer another perspective of it while also being in general agreement with them, but offering different perspective, therefore adding to the conversation. Mm. It's extremely possible. I learned it in Peace Studies, a wow. class I took at the University of Missouri, which was one of my favorite classes. It taught me a lot about critical thinking and to start playing out the hand in different kind of ways and thinking not necessarily defaulting to your original thought. And so I, I try to utilize that when on this podcast. Second of all, mm. I'm not. I'm a. I'm a passionate human being. I wear my heart on my sleeve. But I'm not passionate about a lot of things. But the things I'm passionate about, I'm very passionate about. I'm passionate about the strategy of basketball. I'm passionate about National Basketball Association. I'm passionate about the Missouri Tigers in both a football and basketball sphere. And I'm passionate about movies. Outside mm. of that, my passion it, it kind of falters off a little bit. Like, I'm not necessarily the most passionate human being when it comes to politics. I have my certain political views. Uh, I feel like everybody who has political views, that their political views, that they believe in them. Like, I'm not some kind of fraud sitting here. Like, I believe in my political views, but I'm not necessarily going to start spitting when I talk about it because, in general, I'm not as informed as I probably should be. And at the end of the day, you know, if some kind of topic comes up and you say something and you make a good point about it, yeah, all right, I agree. I usually go second. So if you lay out a good case in point, yeah, you know what? I agree with that. Here's my take on it. And then we just had an earnest, great conversation. So that's my take on it. I hope everyone crowded around heard that. Yeah. It's, uh, you didn't it, hear it. It's uh, all it's all happening. Um, so let me ask you this. I got, sure. I got two questions. What I think... And I and I, I want to make this clear. This this may be responding to less than five percent of the people who listen to you on either one on one ESPN with me or on this podcast. But what I think the thought process is: there's no way that Jackson could agree with Tim as much as it sounds like he does, and he is being scared huh. to. Dissent. No, that's not the case. I am not scared of dissent. It's just I'm a pretty rough guy to right. work with. Yeah, it's constant, uh, you know, lashings and such. 
Um, what if they did have lashing? Yeah, with a wet noodle. Mm, um, yeah, picked up. I would uh, enjoy it, but I don't. But I, at the same time, I don't really know what I say that is like. That's the thing. Define like a lot of it's like I want to have a threesome. But I mean, what are you going to argue with there? Seriously, like, I want to move to Florida. What are you going to argue with there? It's a, it's a, it's just like every fucking thing I've never last twenty years. It's all about me. Right. <laughs> and you're probably like, yeah, if this guy wants to have a threesome, fuck, I don't know. I'm 24 and I really can. I don't really care. If he wants to have a threesome, what do I fucking care? Like he I, wants to move to Florida. He was in Florida for six months of the show last year. Didn't affect anything. What do I fucking care? If he's happy, great. That Like, if you're over there, I don't know what it is that you... Like, you're passionate about The Wire, for example, or you're passionate about a so. movie. Sure. It does, it, I guess I guess what the problem for both of us is we're very laissez-faire. We're live and let live people. No doubt. And if somebody likes something and it impacts me in no way... I just couldn't care any less. Like, if you came to me and you go, you know what, I'm really into the scat play, I'd go, well, you know, it's going to be tough for me to not look at you and think about that every once in a 100%. while. But, you know, hey, it doesn't affect me anyway. Right. You know, get a nice thorough bath before you come for, in. Wash your hands <laughs> thoroughly. That's what I would tell somebody. But I'd be like... All right, yeah. you know, whatever doesn't affect me. If I came, don't really give a shit. If I probably came, no, no pun intended. And 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 it, and it's going to make for wonderful text now that Jackson has announced he's into scat play. Right. So I'd go, you know, we'll take the good with the bad, but it doesn't affect me anyway. So I don't really care. I only really get worked up, and I live in such a my own. I've created. I don't want to call it a bubble. I just don't. I go out of my way to not associate with people. I don't like respect or trust which seems kind of basic Mm. but but i've just done it i guess we've been able to do it because we've kind of controlled our own situation and then as it turns out now that we're not really i mean we're in control of tma and the podcast and so on but now that we're in a corporation totally different deal for shit i don't even know the history of the show like a real business anyway i mean technically the other places were companies but you know this is a different deal uh, now we actually do have to work with people and for people. And it just turns out that everybody here is legitimately a good person, which, as I've told you before on the podcast, nobody likes to hear positivity. Bingo. So unlike Iggy, who <laughs> who certainly talks about it a lot, we're just kind of like, oh, this is a good group of smart, professional people, which is why the place is successful. And, you know... There's really nothing to say about it, because, and I'm not going to say much about it because I know most people don't like positivity. So, therefore, there isn't a whole lot to say with regards to that part of it. So, I don't, I don't know what you could be dissenting on that people want you to dissent on because if I thought you were just sitting here going along with me, I would off the air say to you, hey, you know. Yeah, if you got P- push back, push back. Not even a take, because a take now has become a joke. But like, you know, I'm saying some shit. You don't have to necessarily agree with it. But I don't feel like I felt like Pete didn't really give a shit. <laughs> and and but I I'm not saying that because he doesn't have a work ethic or something like that. No, I, I he he had the life sucked out of him by that situation. <laughs> he did. He came into this. I don't want to say with like your passion. You just didn't. You didn't necessarily know. Um. What because Pete wrote for Inside STL like in 2006. I mean, he was a long term eyes open and wanting to be a part of this. And I, if anything, I feel badly for the what what he experienced. And I don't know if you were on the podcast, the Pick Six, before we started running it. 
this will, this is a little inside baseball thing. And yeah, you had to be because you're the one who always sets up the Zoom. So when yeah, I yeah. pop in there, there you're was there. A, the year before, like that. So I took. Do you know where I'm going with this? This is pretty obscure. If you know where I'm going with this, it's yeah. right when we started at Hubbard, so it had to be nine months ago. And I said to both Joe and oh, Pete, yeah, yeah. "You do know where I'm going with this? Uh-huh. Oh wow! Yeah, you said, uh, I wish you could be here to see this. Yeah." And as opposed to, like, being really happy for us, not to say that they weren't happy for us, their first reaction, Joe's, Joe's really detached because it's been nearly a decade for him, and he still kind of pops in and out with a, with a podcast and fucking off with it. But Pete was like, well, yeah, I wish I was too, in the sense that he's, he's only, whatever, less than two years removed from it. Yeah. He went through a different kind of situation than Joe did. I think what Pete went through was worse than what Joe went through, but maybe I say that because uh, it was more recent. But I'm pretty sure, I think if I were just doing this off the top of my head and having to, like, compare and contrast all the stuff. Yeah, the plight. <laughs> yeah, I think I think it was, I think this, yeah, because I know this was the worst. It, 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 and it's not even, there's not even a close second, so it had to be. And Pete, was, Pete experienced that. Uh, that. Yeah, I feel badly in that sense that, that you know, because that was a guy who was hungry. And I was, when we were buying the station, was going to be, you know, he's still going to be on TMA, but he was going to have greater responsibility and certainly greater comp package. And, and you know, then, you know, you saw how it all played out. Mm. Um, so, yeah, that's, that's, that's a different type of deal. But with you, I don't, I didn't think Pete was a yes guy. I felt like he's like, you know, and Seymour was at a point. Trying to, the QFTA wasn't really the main part of the podcast. We were still doing guests yeah. when he was there. And when it was QFTA, was with Iggy and Plazio on it. Yeah, but Seymour, Seymour always, he, he was just, he made it clear from the get-go, and it was also backed up by actions. He just didn't have any desire to be on air. Mm-hmm. I mean, he would occasionally appear, but it wasn't like he's like, oh, good, this is my chance to be on the air, and then I can send out a resume reel. So it's a different type of deal. With that said... Those two guys, as in you and Pete, get accused of this yes man thing, and I'm and I listen. If it, I guess it would be quote unquote understandable because everybody treats, you know, the people in a chain of command differently than the people like you know an intern or something like that. Not to say that you treat them poorly. It's just your your mindset. It's like if think picture when the boss walks into the room versus when the boss walks out of the room. You right. know what I mean? Right. Like that. Mm-hmm. Psychologically, take take radio out of it. That's what I'm saying. And so, if I'm perceived as being at the top of the the chain, then it would be understandable if people acted differently. And I, because I saw it play out when I actually was. But when it comes to this podcast, or balloon party, or TMA for that matter, if you were to disagree with me, I wouldn't pull you aside and go, "Hold on a second. Here. Right, right. You don't disagree with me." I never feel unsafe to disagree mm. or dissent, but like I said, like we rarely talk about topics where it's like I'm going to have a hard stance one way or another. Like I can be, I like to, a lot of times when I hear topics talked about, it might be like the first time I've really thought about something. Yeah. Therefore, I am much more easy, easily impressionable on this new idea. Now, if you came in tomorrow and said that the one three one zone defense in basketball is the worst defense ever, I'd fight you to tooth you would, and nail you would, for you it. Fight that I'd fight you tooth and nail. Maybe about I'll do it. that on balloon party tomorrow just to, right. to get it going. If people are big fans of the movie Joker, I would have a great conversation with you and tell you how wrong you are. Oh, wow. But that's fine. Now now we're starting to get to where you go. 
Yeah, so that that that's kind of like my and there's other things I'm obviously kind of being. Are you on board with Sapphic Stag? Sure. Okay. Sure. But right. a lot of things I don't have hard stances But I mean, if on. you didn't like that, maybe I'd argue with you. Right, exactly. But that's like, and I guess that's kind of like what you're saying, the laissez-faire attitude. It's like, a lot of things, I don't necessarily well, have a hard... Well, live and let live. Right. That's, it's just like, I don't care. It doesn't affect me. Exactly. So and then also, I'm at a point in my life where I don't really, I don't want to say I don't care, but, because I do care, but it's kind of like, all right, you think I'm the worst or whatever. It's like, okay, like t- 10 years ago... I'm like, well, okay, well, fuck you, you know. I mean, you right. know, and maybe more than ten years ago, but I just thought, all right, you know, I suck. All right, sounds. Good. I mean, it's just it, that's kind of, <laughs> yeah. Kinda, the truth. And then that, that that makes for lack of, you know, argument. Right. Live and let live. I think is a great way of putting it. Therefore, a lot of topics that come up, you're not gonna have a hard stance one way or another because it's like, you know. Yeah, I might not participate in this, that, or the third, but if someone likes to do that, God bless. You know, I'm not going to be Mad Dog Russo saying that the UFC sucks because at the end of the day, I've watched a couple UFC fights in my life and I had a pretty good time. I've won a little money on it. It's been fun and I don't really care about the UFC one way or another. Therefore, like, I can't just pick a topic and say, like, okay, now I'm going to get mad at or just send Tim on this because that's disingenuous in my opinion I, I i hope i've come off uh you know as an honest person therefore anything you hear me say on this you truly believe that's how i feel i i would hope but yeah, like i said i think we're addressing a sliver but I, mr licks brought it up last week and it, and, and it was on the, on the on tma so i wasn't going to let it you know become a tma topic right uh but i thought to myself i'm, I'm curious about this because now I, I don't really read that at all in the text uh, on 101 ESPN, I think the audience for, I don't think, the audience for 101 ESPN is different than our podcast off, uh, audience, is, which is different than the TMA audience, but there's certainly more overlap on the TMA audience and the podcast audience, in yeah, my opinion. For sure. Um, but it's not the first time I've heard the Yes Man thing, and I think to myself, God, but then at the same time, would I be the right person to judge whether or not there are there is a yes man thing going on because I would be in the arena. You see what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So then would it be fair for me? But I'm just like, I just don't, I don't know what I say, whether it be Iggy or Doug or the Plowhawk, including you in there, sure. where you would just, where I, where it's, it's defiant. It is, I think this, or, yeah, or it's an in, in, in individual thing. So I could I could be off the mark on it. I don't know. That which just speaks to it right there. So I'm saying I could be off the mark. But if you're somebody who's a broadcaster or just a person who is quote unquote certain and then outspoken about their certainty, and then somebody just sits there and nods along, then I could see that being viewed as a yes man. But that's not my approach. Now I was criticized on this podcast. Way early on, like the very beginning, nearly the very beginning, certainly the first six months when I would have political officials in, both super liberal liberals and super conservative conservatives, at least what I would call super liberal liberals liberals and super conservative conservatives. And people were mad at me. And again, I'm I'm uh, I'm saying that this could be, uh, you know. A sliver of the audience mm-hmm. because the political style of interview that I did 
was not the political style of interview that they were used to, which was more of a cross-examination style of interview, and my political style of interview was more of a conversation. I wasn't sitting there and gotcha questions automatically as a negative connotation, so I don't want to use that. But I wasn't looking to, you know, take people to task over past statements and how they conflicted with what they said on the podcast. I wanted to bullshit with them, know about their history, and then also know their reasoning for being where they were. And to me, an interview is not about the interviewer. Right. There's a porn podcast I listen to, Jackson. Mm. Holly Randall. I look forward to it every Wednesday to see who her next guest is. And uh, and that that's 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 to me is a great illustration of being a pervert. And I notice that Holly and I enjoy her podcast, but will be sitting there riffing with these stag stars and go, yeah, just like with my boyfriend. I'm just like, yeah, I don't, you know, okay. (laughs) 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 But it's it's not, you know, I mean, can you imagine? If, for example, we have Nagel on, you know, oh. it's our, or I don't know, who would be a realistic golf get for, you know, and Nagel's talking about, yeah, you know, I just, I couldn't make birdies on Sunday when I needed to, and it's a shame. And I'm like, yeah, you know, I was playing this scotch game, you know, it was 20 buck Nassau. Right, it's not. And I, I just, yeah, Chris, you wouldn't believe I had like a, a, a an eight footer and it was just straight uphill and just I couldn't make it. And he go okay, right, nice, <laughs> <laughs> interesting. Yeah, it's More just like greens run. What are that you day. doing? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> what are they were like an eight. Yeah. So yeah. It, you know, it's I. So to me, when you're interviewing somebody, you want the person to be comfortable because that's when you're going to get the best interview. That's really the first commandment of doing an interview, or, or sound stories, obviously. Right. Yeah. You know, holy shit, yeah. because that's going to last forever. And all of a sudden, these people, and I'm gone, and the person I'm interviewing is gone. They're like, oh, who's this guy? It's like the year 2150. And I'm going, yeah, I went to St. Gabriel's, too. And, man, <laughs> let me tell you. Yeah. They'd be like, started. what the? I wanted to hear our great-great-grandmother talk, and who's this asshole? <laughs> right. It's it's so much like a, as few words as possible yes. kind of thing and more of a it's li- It's listening and forming the question like right. a conversation. That's right. what it is. So. Yeah, I, but I remember catching that. I'm going, you guys got, you're used to watching whomever interview politicians. And I understand that. I totally get it because this might, might seem different. But my style of interviewing is not combative. Now, you, if you want to call me a pussy, be my guest. I don't really give a shit. It's how I interview people. Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, I, mine are more, okay, you, why? Okay, I understand you did this. Why do you view this? Whether I'm interviewing John Mazzella, I couldn't wait to interview John Mazzella. I can't remember which year it was. It was the pandemic year. Right. I'm like, yeah, you didn't really do much. <laughs> I can't wait to. And then the pandemic happened. And this interview that I was really looking forward to. And but I wouldn't have been screaming at him. No. I would have been asking him because I'm sure he had a reason for it. Or the reason was we were told the budget has to be this, and then, and then he was gonna, and then people could form their own opinions on what the reason was. That's the kind of stuff. That I like. Yeah. Uh, Plowhawk has just entered the studios. Plowhawk has just entered the studios. Plowhawk, what's going on? Plowhawk with a rare QFTA appearance. I, I, I'm in a panic, and I. Oh no! What's going the on? Last resort. We what had a log on? issue, so everything is like off. 
And in about five minutes, we'll be hitting like some random segments with like sponsors we may or may not still have. So I'm going to wow. add the rest of the day. Okay. So you well, guys, here's what act I think. Like I'm Jackson texted here. you and said, "This motherfucker's not stopping." I knew it. Come I, on in. I knew it. And end this thing. I've got to piss. I want to have lunch. <laughs> Come in with some bullshit log excuse. Otherwise, this motherfucker is going to keep talking until no. our sales meeting at two o'clock. That's, uh, I, that's what I think is actually really going on. I forgave lunch half an hour. Ago. That's that's come and gone. No, Plowsy asked. He said, "I gotta come in there and be like a little mouse and work while you guys podcast." I said, "Please, Plowsy, well, su- mi casa su casa. You know, this is just as much your studio as anyone I'd else's." Love to so. get Plowhuck's feedback on Jackson being a yes man, but I know he really does have to tend to this log thing. Yeah, or take at least care. he has to act like he has to tend to the log thing. I have to keep to the bluff out going. What to do? So now I'm sitting in Iggy's seat. Yeah, you've moved over. Kind of like like I, kinda... know, I feel like if I look down, I could see your balls. Yeah, so I know. It's I, a, I'm it's in a bad such position. An awful position. Yeah, it's a bad position. God Almighty. Yeah, it's bat wing season in September. It is. Uh, all right, the Plowhuck does have to tend to things. He's in panic mode. We have a sales meeting. It's a whole thing. Uh, Jackson, would you like to say anything else to the people about uh, being a yes man? I guess my like real biggest thing would just be like, I, I hope I come off somewhat genuine, and that I you would think that I'm not like like harboring takes or not, not but like harboring my opinions or harboring my thoughts because I'm somewhat like I'm nervous. Like that's just not the case. I'm very comfortable. Um, well, also kind of being like. You have to have a certain comfortability and an uncomfortability because talking into a microphone, while it can be comfortable, you still have to be cognizant. Like I often like tell myself, like sometimes I'll just be like, hey, you're talking into a mic that's going to be recorded and people are going to listen to it. I need to tell myself that. So sometimes, you know, watch what you say or don't say something that you'll eventually have to, you know, think about later. Like just go out there, be yourself, but also be cognizant that you are trying to portray yourself in a good light. Oh, so you're being a fraud. So you're not being yourself. No, wow. I am being seen that. that. boy, whore. <laughs> Here's my reaction. This is a weird thing, but this is true. And I'm curious what your reaction to it is. Mm-hmm. When somebody who I, it, I don't think there's any chance in the world they listen to TMA or this podcast, mm-hmm. now I'm just around them, mm-hmm. and they're not acting like there's a certain way people act when I, you know what I mean? Which is great. It's flattering anytime right. anybody listens, but you know that they listen, and so now you recognize the situation, and it's fine. It's certainly, like I said, flattering. It's a good thing. Versus when you're around somebody and you don't think they know what you do, mm-hmm. and it's kind of like, I, I exhale. I'm like, oh, good, you know. No need to, like, you know, talk about Iggy or, you know, whatever today. Right. Uh, that, And then out of nowhere, they'll say, I listen to the show or my son or daughter listens to the show or the podcast. I immediately go, oh, shit. That's my reaction. As opposed to being happy that somebody listens, I go, oh, shit. Right. Because they have a pre. Right. What's the word I'm looking for? But shouldn't shouldn't we be in the position where we want people to listen? No, no. To this drivel? No, I'm just kidding. But in all seriousness, I hear what you're saying. Like, yeah, that's where I am. Or I can go. That person will listen to me on 101. Or this, like, I'll be playing oh, yeah, off yeah. somebody and go, yeah, my dad doesn't really listen to TMA, but he listens to you on 101. I've had that happen where it's that, like, that is, oh man, I love your guys' show. I was like, oh, you listen to TMA? They're like, no, the 101. I was like, yeah. Okay. Gotcha. My voice was Loud recognized by a gentleman when I was calling about something, and he recognized me from 101. He goes, oh, I love that show. And I go, thank you. Know, I'm in the 
when people pay the compliment on TMA. Right. I mean, you know, stand thank you. Appreciate it. Love doing it. Super right. fun. I, I say the same things at this point. Right. And he says, yeah, you got a new show, man, a balloon party. That's something else. And I go, oh, wow. Okay. <laughs> Surprising. Yeah, it's like you slid a finger into my ass. I'm like, oh, wow, <laughs> yeah. how do you do? Not necessarily <laughs> unwelcomed. <laughs> yeah, certainly not. Yeah. But a surprise nonetheless. Yeah. All right, it's time to go. The plowhawk is tending to this log. Jackson again is exposing his balls to me, and I have no idea what the deal with it's it is. It's a comfortable is. position. But it is. I'm wearing compression shorts, so you won't see anything, unfortunately. Uh, I, I, I feel like that's a bait and switch, too, so I'm not looking. Uh, we'll wrap it up here. I don't know how long we went. We didn't go two hours, so fuck off. I think I mean, like an hour and a half. Yeah, yeah, hour and a half. That's a solid pod. Uh, all right, time for us to shut it down. Thank you to thehomeloanexpert.com. Thank you to James Carlton. Thank you to Mark Hanna. Thank you to Seth Goldcamp and Design Air Heating and Cooling. Thank you to Jamie Bar- Burkhard and Munganass, St. Louis Acura and Alton Toyota, Clayton Patterson, Peter Munganass. From the HomeLoanExpert.com studios, I'm Tim McKernan. And with Action Jackson, this has been the Tim McKernan Show on the Inside STL, TMA STL Podcast Network. Peloton, let's go. This holiday, with the right music and the right motivation from world-class instructors. We're going to pick it up a notch. It's the holiday season. You might just surprise yourself with what you're capable of. Work out to thousands of live and on-demand classes, from running to cycling to yoga. Try Peloton risk-free with a 30-day home trial. New members only, not available in remote locations. See additional terms at onepeloton.com slash home-trial. Peloton, motivation that moves you.